Palace presents... Hello and welcome to our podcast mini-series, What's Next for Space, The Final Frontier. Today we're going to be talking to Franco Fenolio about the specialized living quarters Talus Alenia Space is designing for astronauts of the Artemis mission. NASA's official return to lunar exploration after the Apollo mission ended more than five decades ago. These pressurized habitat modules will be a vital part of the Artemis mission's lunar gateway, which will serve as an outpost orbiting the moon to support sustainable, long-term human life on the lunar surface, as well as a staging point for deep space exploration. Hi, my name is uh, Franco Fanolio, and uh, I am uh, the head of the Human Planetary Exploration in uh, Telesalenia Space. Welcome to the podcast, Franco. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Good. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I've been working in the Telesalenia space for more than 33 years. I have had 10 years of experience in the International Space Station. Uh, I was the chief engineer of Node 2 and uh, Node 3 that we built uh, for uh, for the International Space Station. And when I left, I started to work with exploration uh, before with the advanced programs. And since uh, 2014, uh, I dealt with the implementation programs uh, for, uh, for exploration uh, after having experienced more than 20 years in engineering. And now I am focused on the moon, which is uh, actually the next steps beyond the the lower orbit. uh, And it's also the preparatory step towards uh, the next adventure to, to Mars. Thank you. That's very cool. Franco, can you tell us what exactly Talus Alenia Space is building for astronauts on the Lunar Gateway? And when will it likely be ready? Yes, we are actually involved in three of the gateway modules, namely the HALO, the Habitation and Logistic Outpost. On that, we are providing structures, micrometeroid protection, pressure control, and hatches. Another contribution from Thales Space, the HLCS, the HALO Lunar Communication System, uh, which is a system uh, for communication that uh, will be mounted and launched with with HALO. This is uh, the first module uh, that uh, we fly uh, to the gateway together with the power and propulsion element. Uh, the second module uh, I have stands for International Habitat, and the reason is that it's uh, a module provided by the European Space Agency, but uh, with a significant contribution uh, by the Japanese, uh, JAXA, by the Canadians, uh, and uh, by NASA. As a Telesalenia space uh, in Italy, the prime contractor uh, for ESA of this module, so we are providing it, it as an end-to-end integrated module, and this uh, will be the actual uh, living quarter of, uh, of the gateway. And the third contribution uh, is the Esprit, which is a refueling module with a pressurized section that we will build in Italy uh, with windows. So basically the new cupola for the gateway. 
Okay, cool. Thank you very much. So can you paint a picture for our listeners to describe the challenges astronauts face living in space and the approaches Talus Alenia Space is taking to solve these and make life easier for astronauts? There are several challenges. The International Space Station, for which we build almost 40% of its pressurized modules, it's where we learn how to live in space. But we have the advantage with respect to the moon that we are protected by the magnetosphere from Earth. So we are the astronaut crew is less exposed, for instance, to the radiation environment, which is one of the characteristics of the environment that we will find in the moon and on the gateway. Let's say that the gateway, it's really an important step for exploration because it will be the first time that uh, we go beyond the low Earth orbit. So the living environment uh, inside the module, uh, let's say that uh, we will have to play with the same features that uh, we have to implement uh, to ensure a safe life to the crew. That means uh, to provide a pressurized environment with control of uh, temperature, uh, humidity, to implement and integrate all the system uh, for command and control, and uh, a good thermal control uh, for uh, ensuring that uh, the the temperature uh, are maintained in their uh, lower bore range. Uh, what is different for the gateway, for instance, uh, is uh, the fact that uh, due to mass limitation that we have at launch, the module will be smaller. The module in the ISS uh, were a module of 4.4 meter diameter. Uh, in the gateway, all the module uh, will have uh, a, a diameter of 3 meter. And so you can understand that this makes uh, some differences. Uh, we need uh, to work uh, to reduce uh, the as much as possible uh, the mass of the different components and the structure. And we have uh, to really think uh, to a different approach to the accommodation of the internals of, uh, of the modules. So we need a very effective packaging of the equipment to try to reserve a room for the crew and also the so-called secondary structures, which are the ones that allow the integration of all the system inside the modules will have to be designed in a different way. We'll, we'll need to have a less massive uh, uh, structure for uh, hosting equipment and system, uh, and we need we will need to have them, uh, let's say, more modular and to a certain extent also potentially reconfigurable uh, in, in the module itself, uh, for instance, uh, to allow to create uh, a working volume during the day and then uh, a sort of uh, sleeping uh, volume during uh, during the night. So, Well, look, that's really interesting. I mean, there's a lot there. But just to kind of come back to make sure I understand this. So you've got a lot of experience with the International Space Station for these pressurized habitats. But the Lunar Gateway, one of the things that's different is it's going to have to be smaller, at least where the astronaut quarters are. And so that's going to be a challenge, one of the biggest challenges. So does this mean that it's going to be much more Spartan living conditions for astronauts on the Lunar Gateway? I mean, you are going to take steps to make things smaller and modular, but is it going to be more difficult to live for an extended period of time in space? 
But you have to consider that there is a major difference uh, between the gateway and, and the ISS. The ISS is permanently inhabited. The crew is rotating every six months and they can stay for a long period because the, let's say, the modules are bigger and then they have several modules and they can move from one to the other. The gateway is more an outpost uh, and in fact it will be visited uh, once per year roughly and the duration of their visit will be between 30 and the maximum I think 60 uh, days and this for two reasons. The first one is that uh, you would increase the duration, you would need much more uh, logistics uh, and the second point is that uh, if you extend, uh, you would have uh, to implement uh, more uh, effective uh, uh, protection shields uh, against the radiation. The fact that they will visit uh, for a shorter duration, of course, uh, will make their stay on, uh, on the gateway more comfortable. Uh, should they have to stay six months, probably it would be a bit more difficult. Uh, the second point is that you are right, the modules are uh, smaller. But in fact, we are changing the approach to, in, to the internal accommodation. In fact, uh, recently we are working together with the uh, architect uh, uh, studios uh, really to try to understand how we can make a, a, a narrow environment anyhow comfortable for, uh, for the crew. Uh, just to make an example, the international habitat uh, will have a part dedicated uh, also to experiment, and then we'll have a section in which they will have uh, crew quarters, uh, sleeping uh, and uh, privacy, and uh, they will have a small uh, volume uh, for uh, having meals with a small galley. So really, we have to think to the approach to the internal accommodation a bit more like you are if you are in a sort of a smaller house rather than in a big apartment. But I think this does not mean that the, 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 the internal environment cannot be done comfortable in any case. Okay, good. What I wanted to ask next is, can you go into a little detail to describe these pressurized habits? I mean, are they going to be like a small studio apartment? You did talk about they're going to have sleeping quarters and a place to eat. I mean, can you talk about square footage? Is there just enough room to walk in, turn around? Yeah, let's uh, keep as a, as a reference the international habitat as sort of core uh, living uh, quarter for the for the gateway. Uh, the, the, the module uh, is a cylindrical module uh, with two end cones. Uh, the diameter is around three meters. Uh, and the reason for keeping it uh, uh, small is to limit the essentially the weight of, uh, of the structures because uh, high heb will be launched in the SLS in a so-called home manifest with Orion. We are designing high heb uh, to stay within uh, a global mass at launch below 10 metric tons, uh, which is not so much for a, for a, for module like that. Uh, the, the, the module uh, will have two docking ports on its uh, actual uh, extremes for, for docking with other elements and two radial ports uh, that will allow other elements for the gateway to dock and uh, to 
be hosted by uh, by HiHub. Globally, HiHub will have a length uh, approximately around seven meters. So internally, we will have one bay uh, reserved for this crew quarter. The adjacent bay, which will uh, host the uh, the small galley and uh, uh, we reserve uh, uh, room for uh, the uh, the meals uh, with with a table that will be affordable when not in use and will be folded when uh, when uh, uh, the crew will uh, will join for meals and then there will be another section in which we will uh, reserve some volume for the uh, for the experiment, that is more or less how uh, the, the the module can uh, can be structured. Uh, there will be a spree, the other module that will uh, host uh, the windows to allow the crew to stay there and uh, observe what is uh, outside, and uh, we work as a sort of uh, storage section uh, for uh, for the gateway. Okay, all right, good. Is Talus Alenia Space going to be involved in building astronaut habitats on the moon? I mean, is that decided yet, or can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, actually, we are already involved. The first one was we collaborated with one of the U.S. companies that was involved in the human landing system. Uh, but now for the human landing system, there is a new campaign uh, from, from NASA uh, on a competitive basis uh, uh, to allow the sustained lunar development. Uh, and uh, uh, so we are still talking and uh, uh, providing some contribution uh, to uh, some part uh, for the crew module of the human landing system. Uh, and uh, we were involved uh, for the uh, design of the uh, crew module structures, uh, the, the uh, micrometeoroid protection, uh, the multi-layer uh, blanket, uh, thermal blanket, uh, and the hatches. Both the, the hatch for the EVA door and the hatch for docking system on orbit. Uh, lunar surface multipurpose uh, habitat module. And we are supporting them in their discussion with with NASA uh, for the definition of what are the use cases, uh, the functionalities that these modules uh, uh, modules should uh, should offer. And uh, so we are really in this initial phase, but we are really touching more or less all the the, the features that the module could have from what is needed in terms of systems. Uh, as well as how you can, for instance, survive the lunar night. Uh, we have a requirement for surviving 150 hours of lunar night, and this requires a lot of energy, let's say, on a future contract uh, for, a, for a module like that. Thanks. That's very interesting. And I mean, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask to follow up with is... Can you tell us how long the astronauts, when they go to the moon, how long are they going to stay on the moon? Well, the first one, the boots on the moon planned in 2025, as far as I remember, it's around six, seven days. So it's very short. For the sustainable lunar development phase, the duration will start to increase up to about one month in the future, of course, uh, the idea could be really to colonize uh, the, the moon. Uh, 
But in order to arrive to something like that, uh, we needed to build up uh, all the infrastructure uh, to overcome uh, some of the challenges that we are facing, protection from the lunar dust, uh, the protection from uh, the radiation. We will need uh, to build up an infrastructure for uh, producing uh, energy uh, and as well as uh, to control uh, the cold temperature. So there are several steps uh, uh, that we are facing before I think uh, uh, to allow the crew to have a much longer uh, duration on the surface. But we are working also on, uh, on those aspects. That's really good. So go back a minute when you talked about the temperatures a little bit. I think I know what you mean because it's so cold. I mean, can you talk about surviving the lunar night? Yeah, the temperature can can go less than minus 100 degrees Celsius. So, uh, of course, we can use batteries, but if you rely also on batteries, uh, I mean, the, the, the energy you, you will require is so big that uh, you risk to have the module being built just to transport batteries. So we are studying alternative solution uh, like for instance uh, utilization of uh, f- regenerative fuel cells uh, you can exploit during the the, the lunar day the, the the solar array of course uh, but during the night by sure we will have to to find a smarter solution uh, in, in order to let's say uh, to allow the system to to survive the very cold temperature all right. So what is the next step of the effort as far as building the HALO, the habitat modules? Can you give us like a brief timeline? Yes. Uh, the HALO is in, in, is in uh, full production. The required delivery date is beginning of 2024. So we are really working at high speed on that. Uh, HALO, we will be providing uh, uh, mostly the structural part uh, to, to Notre Grumman uh, that then will integrate with the rest of the system, including a phase in which uh, the module will be then uh, joined with the power and propulsion element to be launched in uh, around 2020-25. But this means we are already on the way closer to completion uh, to, the, to the module. Hi, Heb. In this moment... Uh, has entered the so-called CD phase, that means in, is in the critical design uh, phase, which is, uh, let's say, preceding uh, the integration phase. So we are working on several aspects. Also on IHEB, we started uh, to weld uh, the different part of, uh, of the module, and we are uh, continuing to work uh, for uh, the development and qualification of the, the equipment and uh, of uh, some big system. It looks like, uh, I mean, 2027, 2028, uh, three, four years uh, for uh, for modules like that, it's really nothing in terms of time uh, for meeting the, the dates we are committed to. Franco, thank you so much for joining us to talk about how Talus Alenia Space is supporting NASA's return to the moon. Yeah, thanks uh, for hosting. And uh, I would like just to wrap up by saying that we are really very excited and very motivated and very committed uh, uh, to uh, focus now on the moon. We, we know that exploration is, uh, is very challenging. We have understood uh, in, in the latest years uh, that uh, 
exploration has to be done in a sustainable way. So we need to have a clear roadmap in front of us. We need to develop the enabling technology and work on that, anticipating the needs that the exploration require and face the challenges with the recognition that we have to work harder, but at the same time that this is really, really very exciting. We consider the next step towards the ultimate goal, which is to be capable one day to to bring humans to, to Mars. And to our listeners, please stay tuned for the next episode of our What's Next podcast series. 